You ready, bruh? Hey, bruh, are you ready? Let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing going on. Give me a little level check. Suchi style. Brought to you by... That last part didn't go on, did it? No, you had your mic off. Brother. Are we back? Because I have a Boy Scout story I decided that's Wait, worth telling. Or hey. brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. Indeed. And now... Oh, we are back. From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore... The woman you were talking to, Kenny, has never seen Caddyshack. Donna? Donna Valentine? Never seen him. What else did you offer after that? I missed that. Yes, Kenny. Uh, oh, you really want to hear it? If, it, if it's good. Uh, so we have, every year we had to go up to Boy Scout Camp, which is by Park Rapids, um, north of Park Rapids. It's a week, and it just sucks. It's in the heart of summer, so the black flies are awful. And we decided to do this hiking merit badge. We're out hiking in the woods. We're hiking on what are snowmobile trails in the winter. But we're on these trails in the dead of summer. It's 90 degrees. It's humid. There's black flies everywhere. A bunch of us get out in front. And one, one of the guys, uh, one of our uh, scouts, his dad is a scoutmaster, and he's along with us. Um, me and Rudy and Dale and a couple of other guys, we get way out in front, right? And uh, Rudy's goofing around playing with some turtle or something in the middle of the trail. I grab a branch that's hanging out over the trail, right, hanging out, yeah. and I pull it back, and I pull it up into the woods, and then one of the other guys starts yelling, and I hide, and one of the other guys starts yelling, help, help, help. Kermit comes running up. It's 90 degrees. He's a big dude, and he's sweating and huffing and puffing. Oh, no. He gets up there. I let go of that branch, and it comes flying out and <laughs> smacks him right <laughs> In the ass. Oh. It was the funniest thing oh. we had ever, ever done. I have <laughs> I have never seen a human being that angry ever. We're lucky he didn't kill us. And that's why we what ended up. What happened to our cricket thing? I can't and, find it. And that's why the rest of the miles we had to do were out on the highway. They just drive us to Park Rapids and oh say, all right, God. walk back to camp, you idiots. How'd that guy not kill you? Oh, my God. But everybody still tells the story around town. It was so fantastic. <laughs> Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes this recent stu- What did I just hear in my ear? Chief Off... Uh, I'm trying fun. to say something here. That was good mm. stuff, wasn't it, Joe? <laughs> it really was. Uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey said, Joe, this recent study supports what you were talking about. This is I've heard this all my life. I think you will all be able to identify. White liberals are more likely to patronize minorities than conservatives. White liberals present themselves as less competent when addressing minorities, while conservatives use the same vocabulary no matter what the race of their audience, according to a newly released study. Yale and Princeton researchers found that white Democratic presidential candidates and self-identified liberals played down their competence when speaking to minorities, using fewer words that conveyed accomplishment and more words that express warmth. On the other hand, there were no significant differences in how white conservatives, including Republican presidential candidates, spoke to white versus minority audiences. 
White liberals self-present less competence to minorities than to other whites. That is, they patronize minorities stereotyped as lower status and less competent, according to the study's abstract. Cynthia, uh, Sydney Dupree, assistant professor of organizational behavior at the Yale School of Management, said she was surprised by the findings. I'm not. Uh, which sought to discover how well-intentioned whites interact with minorities. It was kind of an unpleasant surprise to see this subtle but persistent effect, Ms. Dupree said. Even if it's ultimately well-intentioned, it could be seen as patronizing. It is. Uh, Notice the way Hillary would talk to uh, an audience in rural Georgia (laughs) as opposed to how she would talk to an audience in New York. They drop the G's off ING words. Right. We are running. Yeah, we're going to fighting for you. Right. It's it just utter BS. Elizabeth Warren the other day swigging a beer and putting out an Instagram of her swigging a beer. And what saying, was the famous Hillary uh, uh, interview where she had the hot sauce? Was oh, it, isn't that, doesn't that fall in line with that? absolutely does. You're yeah. right. The study flies in the face of a standard talking point of the political left, that white conservatives are racist. No, No, they're not. Uh, while raising questions about whether liberals are perpetuating racial stereotypes about blacks being less competent than whites. the paper, This is Yale and Princeton, folks. This isn't a talk show host. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just- sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting yeah. information See, listeners right saying, yeah. <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know, people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> Is it working? That's an admission. Okay. No, seriously. Hot sauce. I've been, I've been eating a lot of hot sauce. She's a, a liar. Of, raw peppers and hot sauce. That's why you're coughing. You might need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm having a rebellion against it. Uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot sauce is good for you. Ooh. What a... I wish one of them would have said, okay, let's see it. Let's right. see it. Show me. The paper, which is slated for publication <laughs> in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, first examined speeches by Republican and Democratic presidential candidate candidates to mostly white and mostly minority audiences dating back 25 years. Ms. Dupree and Princeton Susan Fisk analyzed the text for words related to competence, such as assertive and competitive, and words related to warmth, such as supportive and compassionate. The team found that Democratic candidates use fewer competence-related words in speeches delivered to mostly minority audiences than they did in speeches delivered to mostly white audiences, said the Yale press release. The difference wasn't statistically significant in speeches by Republican candidates. The researchers then set up an experiment in which white liberals were asked to respond to hypothetical individuals named Emily and Lakeisha. Liberal individuals were less likely to use words that would make them appear highly competent when the person they were addressing was presumed to be Lakeisha rather than Emily. Isn't that amazing? Wow. It's not amazing. It's it's absolutely true. I've been hearing it all my life. Haven't you guys? Now that you think about it? Yes. You've been hearing it all your life. It's it's patronizing. And... and uh, this is why I want I want I want I the want black to families up. to wake up and push back and say, "Quit doing me favors! You are a bunch of phonies! You're a bunch of phonies!" <clears throat> uh, Ms. Dupre said the competence downshift could indicate a greater eagerness by white liberals to connect with those of other races because they don't treat them as equal. Why haven't they caught on to that? It's it's it's, it's... Be- because you know what? Because when's when uh, maybe a, a a black successful guy does that, he's called an Uncle Tom, isn't he? You're, you're siding with by the... only by only by liberals, correct? Correct. <laughs> only by the left, exactly. 
Uh, my hope is that this work will help include well-intentioned people who see themselves as allies, but who may be unwittingly contributing to group divides in Ms. Dupree. There is a broader need to include them in the conversation. So uh, Yale and Princeton, essentially what they did here is windmill themselves. Right. Because they're, uh, they're liberals in the failed academy. But you can't deny this. You can't. You hear it every time. You hear it every time. Uh, candidates address what they believe to be minority audiences. They drop the G's off ing words, and they uh, and they dump they dumb themselves down for no reason whatsoever, except that they're moron phonies. They're this, phonies. This goes along well with what you discussed yesterday about how they're changing English. Absolutely, in absolutely, it does. We have two tough stories uh, in the news. I can get to one of them now, and. Uh, and may get to the other one in John's newscast. Two uh, two justified shooting stories that you guys might be aware of okay. or, or not aware of. Uh, the grandfather of an Oklahoma teen killed by a homeowner in a burglary says that the homeowner's AR-15 made the fight unfair. Well, first of all, there wasn't a fight. Right. Three Oklahoma teenagers were killed last—this is a tough story. They're teenagers. Mm-hmm. They were killed last week when they broke into a house and were met by a homeowner with an AR-15. Now, the grandfather of one of the teens is speaking out about his grandson's death. According to KTUL-TV, Leroy Schumacher, grandfather of 17-year-old Jacob Redfern, believes the death of Redfern was unjustified because the homeowner's AR-15 gave him an unfair advantage over the three burglars. Was the, was the teen trying to turn his life around? And that's what firearms are supposed to do in the home. Why is when there there's a, burglars? Why is there a fairness question? Yeah, there. It's not. No, that's how it's supposed to be. It's called defending your home. Speaking to KTUL, Schumacher acknowledged that breaking into a house was stupid. No, it's against the law. But death was not the appropriate consequence. Well, it is if my life's threatened. And the law says it's okay, at least in this state. What these three boys did was stupid, Schumacher said. They knew they could be punished for it, but they did not deserve to die. Brass knuckles against an AR-15? Come on, who was afraid for their life, Schumacher said. The homeowner who pulled the trigger has not been charged with any crime because policy, I'm sorry, police say he acted in self-defense. Right. But Schumacher reiterated his belief that the consequences literally did not fit the crime. I'm afraid they, they did. Three yeah. people unknown to you coming into your house. They're in your home. Uh, they die. They I'm get afraid a so. Right it's into a, the chest. Unfortunate. But, right into the chest. But, we're, but the mystery How? would have the mystery would have them not die. The mystery would have them. You got a DA in Boston who might not have charged him with a crime. Mm-hmm. I, what I'm trying to figure out is how does the classification of an AR make it any different than a semi-automatic shotgun? Or how about a, a single-shot pistol? A semi-automatic um, pistol or a semi-automatic rifle. They're all semi-automatic, and they're, they all do the same thing. The homeowner who pulled the trigger has not been charged with any crimes because police say he acted in self-defense. But Schumacher reiterated his belief that the consequences literally did not fit the crime. There's got to be a limit to that law. I mean, he shot all three of them. There was no need for that, he told KTUL. Mm. Yeah, there was. It's horrible, but there was a reason. In addition to Red Fear, 19-year-old Maxwell Cook and 16-year-old Jake Woodruff were also shot and killed in the home invasion. Getaway driver 21-year-old Elizabeth Rodriguez was uninjured but later arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree murder, one count of first-degree burglary, and one count of second-degree burglary. I'm puzzled as to why she was charged with three counts of first-degree murder. 
because she was responsible for the homeowner shooting the three guys, maybe, because she drove them there? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how that works. Police also say Rodriguez admitted to planning the burglary. Oklahoma state law says that first-degree murder occurs if any person takes the life of a human being during first-degree burglar. Uh, another condition is if a person causes the death of another person with malice aforethought. That's why well, that explains Rodriguez then. In the end, Schumacher said he supports the Second Amendment right to bear arms but doesn't agree with killing home invaders. Oh, boy. So they should be allowed to invade oh your home? Oh At what point, I wonder, I mean, if you cornered him and said, where does it end? Where am I allowed to do this? Three uh, strangers come in my home. I don't know what their intent is. These boys' families are going to suffer with this the rest of their lives. We have to live with this the rest of their lives, he said. You can't change history. Just a minute. Just right. a minute. Exactly. So now their families will have to live with that. But maybe with this coming out into the um, open, these families and the other families are going to realize uh, maybe we shouldn't go rob uh, somebody's house. I tend to give people a lot of slack that are grieving for the loss of a loved one. And I'll give them slack for, you know, six months to a year because you'll see a lot of and hear a lot of crazy, crazy things come out of parents of, you know, lost loved ones uh, come out of their mouth. Right. Well, this, well, this Leroy, sure, this grandfather, just because it's so recent, uh, you can't tell a person how to grieve. And, of course, he's right. still going to defend his grandson no right. matter what. Right. He's just he's just plain old wrong about this, you know, but he is grieving. Well, so, you know. Uh, Johnny, you have something to say. Uh, this all, is, is this a, The story I'm finding is from 2017. I don't have a dateline on it. Oh, okay. Uh, it it that... happened apparently in April of 2017. Okay, and there's... so I wonder if the grandfather is now. Just... And he's still saying it. I wonder. Well, the, you yeah. know what the oh. the cynic in me, you know what the first thought was, the way Joe, that this guy. A... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Joe, sorry about the, that. What's... I had to take that call. I apologize. Well, nobody even what's, knows. What's the dateline on this story? Is this, uh, this is today. Okay, so because the grandfather now is just coming. Because John said this. he found a story where this occurred in 2017. In uh, April. Uh, and I was going on and on and on about uh, grieving and what grieving parents say. Yes, it occurred in two, uh, 2017, but the grandfather is only making his now. remarks yeah, public now. okay, oh. now I'm going to have to so, retract yeah. everything well, I said. The route I was going down was— I didn't was, hear what any of you guys said when well, I had Well, it was my though. usual spiel about grieving parents, you know, and you cut them slack because there is no proper way to grieve. The right. cynic in me, when he when I'm hearing grandpa's, well, he, a lawyer must have gotten to his ear. I don't know. These boys' uh, yeah, families are going to suffer with this the rest of their lives. We have to live with this the rest of our lives. He said, you can't change history, but you can damn sure learn from it, and maybe some kids will learn from this. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, don't break into people's houses. Yeah, exactly. No. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, dreadful. Uh, dreadful. There's another one that's even uh, even more uh, uh, telling. Uh, I'll get to it. But, uh, Joe, to blame the AR is, is absolutely ridiculous because the AR performs the same function that uh, a Glock does, or well, a semi-automatic shotgun, or your deer rifle, your semi-automatic deer rifle. Well, it's Grand just in a scary-looking package. No, but but Grandpa's wrong for a more basic reason than that. When three people invade your home, that is not setting up the dynamic of a fair fight. Right. Once three people invade your home, it's your obligation to defend the home. Right. right. There's no. There's no rules. There's Plus no. The, there's no. We don't have a boxing referee there. 
We don't square. The homeowner is not obligated to say, okay, wait your turn. We have to fight one by one here, fist fight. Right. That's he's, not how it works. He's outnumbered three to one already. And and not knowing their intent. I mean, I think it's dreadful. Uh, it's a sad situation for those kids. And, uh, you know, the homeowner is probably not jumping up and down with glee. Right. You but, want, but no, he's got to live with that the right. rest of his life. There's nothing. There, there's nothing in the in the uh, rule book about this. There, the, when your home is invaded, that, that that does not presuppose that a fair fight is supposed to take place. The unfairness has already been committed by the breaking and entering into the home. Right there. Yep. Boom. Yep. Well, there's another one coming up in just a moment. Justice and the Suzerain. Who dis? This is Cool Rockin' Daddy, Dan Grunmanson. I love it. Thanks, Danny. Some rockabilly. Go ahead, Johnny Height. Oh, news? Well, I'm trying to verify the date on this. Okay. After an armed man entered a Popeye's restaurant in San Antonio last <laughs> month, but this might be 2017 2015. Hmm. No, this is dated January 8th, 2018. There you go. Okay. After an armed man entered a Popeye's restaurant in San Antonio last month and reportedly pointed a gun at a customer's children, Ooh. that customer, a licensed concealed carrier, Ooh. shot the gunman dead. Yeah. But now the mother of the deceased 19-year-old gunman is asking why the father, who fatally shot her son, chose to fire more than once. Oh, God. To make sure he didn't shoot his daughter. Double well, tap, Well, man. Cynthia Ruiz acknowledged that her son, Andrew Herrera, deserved to be punished and that the dad who shot him was defending his family. She shared a lingering question with KSAT-TV. Why shoot him four more times? Why did he shoot him five times? Ruiz, probably to make sure that he wasn't going to hurt his kids. Ruiz added to the station that she wants to see surveillance video, but police last week would not confirm to KSAT, KSAT TV if a, if a video exists. Uh, uh, during the December 6th incident, so just a month ago, the gunman demanded money from the fellow inside the restaurant. Uh, but the father said he wasn't giving him anything. Police Sergeant Roy Miller told the Express News. The robber turned to the employees to try to rob them. And police told KSATV, KSAT-TV in an earlier story, the employees all ran out the back of the restaurant. The dad asked the gunman if his family could leave, and when the robber agreed, the mom and two of their kids exited the restaurant. But two of the family's older children were in a restroom. When the robber saw the two children walk out of the restroom, he pointed his gun at them. Dad fired his own gun and killed the robber. Uh... The police said the citizen is a licensed carrier and did use the handgun to take down the robber. Police Captain Michael Starnes told the Express News, adding that the father is not facing charges. Mm. He saved the day and protected a lot of people today, Starnes told the paper. Ruiz said a second suspect, the alleged getaway driver, told her that her son's gun wasn't even loaded. That's neither here nor there, KSAT reported, adding the police would not confirm that claim. 
The gunman's mother, who was also a widow, that's neither here nor there, also told the station that her son had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder as a child and with schizophrenia in 2016. Uh, Dad protecting his kids doesn't know that. Three weeks before the shooting, Herrera stopped taking his medicine, Ruiz told the TV station. What is life? Being on medicine all the time and I'm sleeping, Ruiz recalled this, uh, her son asking her, I'm missing life. Soon after Herrera, who didn't have a job, started bringing home money, the station said, and police told KSAT they believed he was involved with other robberies. If you have money from whatever you're doing, you can take that money and find a place to live, Ruiz told the station. She told her son. There's another case where uh, uh, the guy sounds entirely justified, no matter how dreadful. There's another case, too. Of, uh, right. No, point, no. The, uh, point the gun no. at my kids, you die. But thank God he had a gun there. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it makes it sound that people that carry and have a permit, a license to carry are, are maniacs. None of us... None of us want to shoot anybody, mm-hmm. and we've we've been taught. Well, why is that funny? No, uh, no. John and I are. Well, we don't. We've been taught do whatever it takes to avoid the situation. Right. If you're in the back of the supermarket or the back of the gas station and you hear a commotion and a robbery up front, sneak the hell out the back. Right. Get into the cooler. Do whatever it takes to get out of the situation. He had no choice. He no. had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I'm making an executive decision here. Uh-huh. We're not making light of the story, either story in any way. But, Joe, what, what was the date of that story you just read? Oh no! It was last month. I got it published December eighth, twenty seventeen. What is going on with this website you're on, Such? They both come from the same place. Maybe, uh, maybe the stories were placed side by side because they were so similar. And you know yeah. what? It doesn't well, matter be. if there's it, what it the doesn't. date. True, exactly. exactly. It does not. You're right. It, it doesn't, doesn't change a thing. It doesn't I'll, change uh, the story at all. I'll be more vigilant, <laughs> or not, or not. It doesn't change or, the, the facts of right, the story. Right, right, exactly. Or I could just change the date when I post the show. <laughs> or uh, uh, maybe the stories are more pertinent than, pertinent than ever with a push on by various uh, positions of authority, such as the DA in Boston. There we go. To no longer mm-hmm. even prosecute such crimes. Mm-hmm. Not, not, well, I think, I can't remember. Home invasion might have been one of them that she was not going to prosecute. If oh, she was not going to prosecute it. If the house was empty, you got to go in it. I guess. Ah, what? What? Yeah. Oh Oh my gosh. Oh, we had our own uh, case here a few years ago. What is that uh, town north of? uh, I thought of that during these stories. I thought of that. Uh, But weren't there extenuating circumstances where he kind of was waiting for them? Was it Little Falls? Yeah, Yeah, Little Little Falls. And the thing that kind of made me scratch my head is I believe he dragged, he shot one of them and they were on the stairs. And he, if I remember right, I could be wrong, he drug them downstairs and then finished right, them off. Right. Yeah. There were extenuating circumstances that, in there. That doesn't work. Yeah. Because uh, another thing we've been taught if they're hurt and you've shot them, render aid. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, so, yeah. uh, you know, uh, know. It was. That was in 2014. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a grim, grim situation. What was the mysterious? I'm sorry, it was two, it was Thanksgiving Day, 2012. It was Haley Kiefer and 17 year old Nick Brady, mm-hmm. and they were shot by 65 year old Byron Smith. What What would the Mysterians want in the case of the grandfather uh, of the uh, of the fellow who shot the three kids with an AR-15? Would the Mysterians have wanted him to point the gun at them and then demand that they leave his house? Ooh, that's a good way to get killed. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also saw one uh, version of that story where a niece or something of the vi- of the guy who was shot said, "Why didn't he just shoot him in the legs?" Well, oh, really? like the movies, he's not a trick shooter. Exactly. Like, like the cowboy movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. you shoot at body mass is what you do. You're not even supposed to shoot at the head because there's a good chance you'll miss. Mm-hmm. This is a grim. It's discussion. a grim. It's Oof. a grim. It's a grim Oof. topic, but uh, it's it it gets to the heart of 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 the mystery uh, mm-hmm. where everything is relative and uh, no one should die for attempting to to invade your home. Yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, they should. Okay. Okay, right, Johnny. Then. All right, then. In news today, <laughs> President Trump said Wednesday. I'm sorry those stories were from 1922. Right. <laughs> Not that old. No. Uh, President Trump said Wednesday he has the absolute right to call a national emergency over border security, suggesting he could take this step if all sides are unable to strike a deal to secure the border and reopen shuttered federal agencies. The president notably did not declare a national emergency in that primetime address in the Oval Office Tuesday night. Uh, The president has publicly suggested, though, he could bypass Congress if necessary to pursue a wall. And he made clear Wednesday morning he's keeping that option in his pocket. He said he has not made the declaration to date because he has faith in a potential bipartisan agreement. Uh, There are meetings going on again today with both sides trying to talk out a solution. Minnetonka police advising motorists to lock their vehicles and take their valuables with them after a rash of attempted car break-ins over the weekend. Officers responding to more than a dozen calls about attempted thefts from unlocked vehicles in driveways and residential areas between Friday and Monday. Most of the incidents were in the area southeast of County Road 101 and Lake Street Extension. In most cases, victims reported minimal or no losses, but that thieves had rummaged through glove boxes and center councils looking for change in unsecured valuable items, according to police. Uh, Another national story, I don't know if you saw this, Uh, apparently uh, the cars with the push-button starters, yeah, uh, people are leaving their fobs in their car. Yeah, and not locking the car. Well, so of course, for car thieves. Wow, yeah. how easy is that? Fairly easy. W- what was wrong with just keys and ignitions? I-, I don't understand what the big deal was with that. Why, Why was that so bad? It's come s- up before. We've tried to deduce the advantage to uh, just having a button to press. I'm I'm not sure I understand it. Yeah, it makes no sense. Is that a, is it a um. Is it easier on the engine, or is it no, irrelevant? No, it's not, it has nothing no. to do with the engine. Plus, the, the 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 remote starter cars heat up within minutes now. It, it's not like right. it takes that long. And not for your if car you're euphoric. You got to wear choppers and a stocking <laughs> I cap. I suppose they don't have heaters. Son of a gun would freeze up in the middle of the equator in the summertime. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that old Desoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> if you broke into the CP's car, you'd get bank statements, credit cards. <laughs> Food, Is that an juice invitation? boxes, a couple boys, of pop tarts, half-eaten pop tarts, books. <laughs> <laughs> Deputy uh, Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. You know, I, I'm feuding with your CP. You I know. know I don't. I don't I'm, I'm glad I'm out of it. I don't even yeah. know what it's about. Yeah, her but, and her brilliant advice. Thanks. What, CP. Do you have ham on Christmas or something? <laughs> no, it was. It goes deeper. All than right. That. Yeah. Oh, you know, I I know a guy who uh, came into work one day and said, "Yeah, I've, it's been a rough day. I got robbed." I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm Sorry to hear that. Is everything okay? He's like, yeah, I left my wallet like? in my front seat with it unlocked. Well, in North Minneapolis. Well, oh, yeah. you deserve it. Then, at that really? Point. Yeah, That's a day in that. a life, you dumb dumb. It's like we're in a that, that, that wouldn't me. have had to have been North. That could have been a dime. That's true. Yeah, it, no, doesn't it doesn't matter where it was located. Matter. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has told people close to him he expects to depart the Justice Department if. A new attorney general is confirmed, although there are no concrete plans in place or a timeline. 
He's been the number two Justice Department official since April 2017. His tenure defined by his appointment of Robert Mueller III to lead the investigation into Russian interference in the presidential election. Uh, Rosenstein's departure, whenever it occurs, will likely spark fears about the future of the probe, even though now Rosenstein is not technically in charge of it. Rosenstein appointed Mueller to investigate whether the president's campaign had coordinated with the Kremlin. Uh, Matthew G. Whitaker was appointed by President Trump to serve as an acting attorney general. Whitaker, who has been publicly critical of the probe, resisted recusal from the start. Justice Department officials recently made it known he had rejected the advice of ethics officials to step uh, outside of the investigation. Will Fry of Dubuque, Iowa, came across an odd item when he was taking apart the V8. He pulled from the 1972 Oldsmobile 98 Junker he'd just picked up for parts. A wedding ring was found. Huh? Oh, in the pan? Fry told KCRG he called the former owner, Ray Schmoker, and asked him if the diamond-jeweled ring was his. Sure what did he get for it? <laughs> sure enough. Was it a 442, John? I, I Candy, I, I don't know. Well, that's an that's an important question, isn't it, Joe? We, well, I think the most important question is where did he find the ring? Oh, it had to be in the pan. Well, My question is, no, he bought the whole car. He, yeah, he bought the car. Oh, the I thought you said he found it in the engine. I'm sure he found well, it in the he, under the seat or something. He was taking the uh, no, he found it in the engine. It was found underneath the hood. The story that I uh, other story I read about it. A nephew but of I, mine inherited oh. my mother's car. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she's been gone now. Mm-hmm. And they finally had to get rid of it. I forbid it to be in my driveway. It leaked, <laughs> leaked like the Exxon ball. Still yeah. stinks of Virginia Slim. <laughs> that sounds right. Can you get this? Can you get this? So my, the mother of this child, my sister, uh, was cleaning it to, to get rid of it and found one more half-lit Virginia Slim <laughs> under the front seat and is now wondering how she didn't burn herself oh, today. I hope you guys God. saved that as a memento. I think she did. Yeah, yeah. that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just one more. One more Virginia Slim before I hack myself to death. Mary Helen didn't like the smoking joke, so no. he kind of mocked her a little no. bit. Uh, Fry told the local TV station he called the former owner of the car. She was smoking the night I had to go over there. The last time she was going to be in her place and said, I have no idea why I'm coughing like this. Oh. <laughs> I said, probably because of Real. the cigarette you just tried to put out in the sink. <laughs> but this time, you knew exactly where her apartment was, right? You knew where to go. To this I time, you knew, it. right? I got to it. I got it was like that one time. She's up there on the second floor no, somewhere. I got she's to it. Uh, she's yeah. up there. You can get He's there. here. You can get there. Called the former owner, Ray Schmoker, to ask him if the diamond jeweled ring was his. Sure enough, the 93-year-old told him he remembered losing it back in the early 1970s. He said, my wife was kind of broken up about me losing it, so she went right into town and came home with another wedding ring with several diamonds on it, exactly like the one we lost. Schmoker had purchased the Oldsmobile because he wanted a nice car to drive his wife to breast cancer treatments until she passed away. Well, that thing's a big tank. I mean, it's an army tank. All three of those. You said a 72, right? Yes. Oh, that thing's three miles long. That's a donk. Yeah. It's got great exhaust smell, too. Yeah, it does. The Olds broke down after about 20 years, uh, or 20 years ago, excuse me, and had been sitting around ever since. So Schmoker considered sending it to the scrapyard, but Fry offered to buy it so he could use the engine in the 1968 Oldsmobile that he drag races in. Okay, so it was a big, it was probably a big block. Hmm. Schmoker's daughter, Ann Cabana, said that they were happy to know the car would live on in some way, but never expected anything like this to happen. But we still don't know exactly where Where, he found it. 
pharmaceutical drug supplier Reporting to... Reporting isn't what it used to be, is it? Yeah. That would be very crucial to the story. Yeah. Pharmaceutical drug supplier to Shopco says the Wisconsin-based retail chain is expected to file for bankruptcy next week. McKesson Corp. said it supplied Shopco with $67 million in drugs since November 10th, but hasn't been paid since early December. McKesson this week asked a judge for a restraining order to keep Shopco from selling the medications it had supplied. Uh, Shopco, there are numerous locations around Minnesota, uh, but none actually here in the Twin Cities. I was going to say, where is the nearest one? Uh, North Branch, I know there's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, dotted all around the Twin Cities, but nothing in any of the suburbs. You like Shopco, Joey? I'm not sure I've ever been to one. Really? Yeah, I don't no. think I have either. Oh. Is it a club one or just a walk-in? I don't think it's a club. It's, I don't think so. It's I like think a it, CR, or CVS or whatever? It's. Uh, I think it's more of a lower kind of... Yeah, uh, got it. I don't know how to put it. Gotcha. Yeah. Without insulting it. Yeah, thank you. Gotcha. Here's an eating disorder you may not have heard about before. Drunkorexia. It's not a medically classified eating disorder, but... Uh-oh. Experts have noticed that weight-conscious drinkers tend toward disordered eating habits. Oh, you got to foam the runway. (laughs) (laughs) Though not mainstream medical terminology, it appears to have several identifiable characteristics. Like uh, leaving a frozen pizza in the oven past midnight? (laughs) Let me guess, John. These are people that forego food in order to drink? Uh, th- yes, because they want to save the calories oh, that's for, the, nonsense. for the booze. That's pork that's chop in a can. That's nonsense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they want to save uh, the calories for booze. They eat something, people. Eat all, a little something. Also uh, also characterized by excessive exercising to compensate for alcohol consumed. They used to. I guess that's not me. No. no. <laughs> Dad's out in the hammock. Yep. <laughs> Where's Dad? He's Don't out in the hammock. Should we wake him up? Nah, nah leave him out. Let him, let him, let him sit out there. And and also by drinking in order to purge food. No, oh that's that good either. Right. A review aimed to look at college students' exercise and dieting habits in relation to the amount of alcohol they consumed. Interestingly, researchers found that highly active college students and those showing disordered eating behaviors were more likely to binge drink than their peers. College men and women seem to showcase this disordered eating in different ways. Men, they overexercise, and women, they just skip meals and drink the alcohol. No, you got to eat some. Suchat was a 455 cubic inch, 7.5 liter rocket V8. That's that a was big wow. engine. Yep. All burning a lot of gas. Talking there. some serious bleeping muscle. <laughs> <laughs> One more story, Johnny. One more? Yeah, let's do one more. Let's find a good one. And have it be from this year. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that'd be my fault. Let's see. Well, technically last year. I guess I should point out that that story I just read, uh, there was a a paragraph I skipped. Yeah. said it was a study done in 2012. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. It says right here, uh, published in the Journal of American College Health. In 2012. Wonder why? What's, what's the dateline of the story uh, the, you're reading? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was. What was today, the source but apparently of the story? The source it came from the Daily Mail. Well, actually, I wouldn't. You got to watch this. That. Uh, yeah. This is fascinating. Can we wrap this? <laughs> no up? wait. <laughs> Garage Logic, yeah. your yes. podcast for news that's happened years ago. <laughs> you guys have been doing this for years, though. So yeah, yeah. that's true. We, we have. And a lot of people that's, think we might be doing it on purpose to try to be funny. That's not funny. It's is it? not. This is this is the no, real it's deal. Sad. Yeah. Oh, wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Well, well you in a hurry, Kenny. Such a hurry to get out of here. For you've been here twice in one day, one week. Are you coming again this year? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Are you coming again this week? Serious question. No. Okay. But isn't next Monday MLK no. Day? I have no idea. No, that's a week from Monday, the twenty-first. Oh. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm a week ahead. 
An Oklahoma one. Well, I got news for you right now. I'm podcasting on MLK Day. I'll be here. Happy Martin Luther King Day, baby. Hey, why don't you drop this down to three, four days a week? <laughs> uh, though I'm thinking ahead to summer hours. Don't worry. Summer hours. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Rook said that What'd yesterday. We're doing Nailed a four-day podcast and taking off Friday. <laughs> the Johnny Carson uh, schedule. Yeah, I can yeah. finally get away with that. <laughs> An Oklahoma woman looking for love got more than she bargained for when she unwittingly shared how happy she was about illegally shooting a, quote, big old buck on a dating app with a state game warden. Oklahoma. Did she know that she was talking to a game warden? A Oklahoma game warden Cannon Harrison says he uncovered the poaching in a conversation on the app Bumble. You don't have to be lonely. <laughs> with a Macintosh County woman. She talked about using a spotlight to shoot the deer at night outside the rifle season. Wow. The woman only harvested the head and backstrap meat, and she sent Harrison pictures as proof. Wow. No, she did not know, Joe. Oh, for Pete's sake. The woman has wow. pleaded guilty to charges of improper possession of an illegally taken animal and taking game out of season, uh, $2,400 worth of fines. I take it they didn't uh, have a relationship. They didn't hook up, they I didn't, don't think They didn't so. date after that. No. Yeah. Well, I bet no. those backstraps were good, though, huh? Just fire up that music. Let's go. <laughs> See you, Kenny. Good to have you here. Are you sure you don't want to leave? You don't want to stick around, Kenny? I'm out. I'm done. Okay, he's done. He's done. I hope you're not done. We've got more Garage Logic podcast version. One click away. If you're just catching up, brand new, we've got a whole slew of podcasts that you can catch up on. Check them all out online at garagelogic.com. And check out the latest and greatest on the features drop down. You can find out some of the great Greg Holcomb pictures and what's on Joe's bookshelf and author's corner. On Apple iTunes, don't forget to rate us, Kenny. Apple iTunes, yeah, I had a little problem there. And if you would like to hear the wonderful tones of Barry White, I'll be back to my squeaky voice very soon. But right now, my super power, my super power voice is just the best ever. Kenny, I can't shut up. I love listening to myself. Kenny, I love you like a brother, but the brother that I love the least. <laughs>